Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to answer a few more questions? Oh, were you busy last week? I I was. I really (laughs) was. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's topic, we're doing another topic roundup because there were some more questions that looked really good, but weren't quite meaty enough to make full shows out of them. So tonight, given that we have time to get through all the questions as per usual, our intent is to talk through physics versus genre and RPGs, homages, and a bit more Ditch Lily trivia, because we simply cannot resist when you ask us Ditch Lily questions. Yeah. Indeed. So let's get started. Alrighty. Carlos Martin, the Butter Droid, awesome name, uh, tweeted us and asked, Hey, Pandas Talk Games, I was thinking of my love-hate relationship with mutants and masterminds. I get that. And wondered if you guys would talk about the pros and cons and what you prefer on the spectrum of physics modeling to genre modeling in RPGs. Well, Carlos, if you've listened to the show, (laughs) I think you know where on the spectrum we both fall. Yeah, both of us. Yep. But... (laughs) But we'll talk we are about it. perfectly fine talking about um, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I, look, I get um, the love-hate relationship with Mutant Masterminds. I uh, ran Mutants and Masterminds for a while. Uh, but when you need a full Excel spreadsheet to make an NPC, like, Blah. or a ga- or actually a full application, because I think you can use Hero Lab now. But in the old days, there was this Excel spreadsheet you used. and um, I, I've, I've told you about the heartbreaker that they put a spreadsheet in front of me and it had multiple tabs and I was like, lost it, nope, huh? I'm not, I won't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you were not supposed to actually like this spreadsheet came not from the game. It came from the community. Right. But, but that tells me the level of complication that it was to do it without the spreadsheet because it meant the spreadsheet was easier. Uh-huh. Yeah. That Somebody built truth. the spreadsheet because they were like, oh my God, this is dumb. I should just do this in a spreadsheet. Yep. <laughs> that is also true. It was character. So the actual play of the game was actually just as a quick side, the actual play of mutants and masterminds is actually pretty fast. And, um, it was a D 20 system that did not use hit points. So it basically just used like how, like it, it used, um, like a saving throw to save versus damage kind of thing. It was really like in that respect, it was actually really smart where it got super crunchy was in, uh, character generation and which meant also an NPC generation, like actually yeah. making heroes was an effort. Actually fighting with heroes was actually not so terrible, but it was a D20 game. And so it did have like, you know, com- it did have complicated grappling rules and shit like that. <laughs> Like anyway, you do. <laughs> like you do in <laughs> a third edition grappling game. is apparently a thing that we have to make really complicated. So. Going back to physics modeling and genre modeling, let's uh, let's do a couple quick definitions. So physics modeling is when a game uses mechanics to make the game feel like the real world by using like mechanics to emulate how things happen in 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 the you know in the real world. Yeah. So, and I forget the game, and I tried really hard to find it, because I know it was an 80s game, but, so for instance, physics modeling might have something like, for car crash rules, 
you might have different ways to calculate damage based on the type of collision. So like a head-to-head collision. So if you remember, if you remember high school or college level physics, a head-to-head collision, both forces get kind of added together. Whereas like a T-bone is like a different type of collision. And it's even different for the car that got hit versus the car that did the hitting. And a side swipe is like actually pretty low kinetic, you know, energy. And so your game could have different damage calculations based on the type of car crash you get in, as opposed to a game that had less physics modeling that might just be like, when you get into a car crash, uh, roll a D6 for every 10 miles an hour you were going over the car crash. That's how many hit points, half hit points if you're wearing a seatbelt, right? Like that's yeah, a done. that's a super simple one, right? Yeah. A, a, a high physics modeling might say like, okay, you know, uh, it's a D6 per um, 10 miles an hour but if you're going head to head you add all the d6s together and if it's a t-bone you add all the d6s from the car that hits and half the d6s from the car that was um hit and uh, and on and on and on and on yep mm-hmm. okay Which so i just the thing that i have to jump in with is this game apparently ha- expected a high volume of car crashes to spend that much time modeling out their car crashes yeah i feel like it was an espionage game or something like i feel like it was a game that had like high speed chases in it as a many many much high speed chases all right Uh well so the pros for physics modeling is that it will make the game feel more realistic and 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 that means it's going to make things happen more the way that we expect them to happen it's not going to hand wave them it's going to make them actually feel like oh yeah like that damage makes sense because you ran into each other head to head or whatever right versus the cons which are that to do that you have to add a bunch of mechanics into that game and you have to think through all those things um so it gets crunchier and the interesting thing with that is that we expect that generally from like video games right because the computer is crunching all of those numbers Um, uh yeah if the computer's doing the work is like sure sure, whatever yeah when i'm doing the work (laughs) well i'm not really into it so let's uh let's toss out a misdirected mark term what is what are you what are we talking about if we're talking about um a computer doing something faster than um than us doing it uh by hand. Latency. Yes. Yeah. Physics modeling can lead to latency, latency problems. Yep. It's a thing. So mm, the other weird thing that can happen with that too though is you end up with these patches where you can tell what the person writing the game was really into because you get these like super crunchy bits where they were like, "Yes, I must model everything about car chases and crashes." And then like other bits like, I don't really care about the stealth part very much, so I don't know, it just works when you roll this, right? Like, you you end up with these weird concentrations of the game, which can be really funky. Anyway, that's just a personal thing that I'm not a huge fan of, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, physics modeling sometimes... So, you're right, like, based on what the designer finds to be important... Yes. ...is kind of where that crunch... Like will like where that physics modeling and and therefore crunch will kind of will kind of increase in depth. Yeah. Um. So like you know sometimes. Um. Oh God, there was a supplement. There was a, a, a wow, supplement for say, making weapons. Oh God, there was a supplement, and I go, oh God. <laughs> there was a there was this there was this third party supplement. Like I, I think it was called Guns Guns Guns, and as I recall, like 
Guns, it guns, got guns kind too. of crunchy about figuring out like velocities of bullets and and things like that, as opposed to just like you know, two d six, three d six. Right? Like, Could you just <laughs> like make this function the way that I expect weapons to function? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I I I agree with you. I think that I am perfectly fine with high levels of physics modeling in games that offload that modeling onto an engine. Yeah. And less awesome about it when um, I am that engine. Yes. Yes. That that would be a good way to describe how I feel about it. And then, yeah. like, so the last thing that I'll say about it is um, there are times when, you know, the the real world is what we're kind of playing to escape, right? Like, so... It's not I mean, always as much fun when you when you're bound by the rules of the real world. I'm bound by the rules of the real world every day, right? Let me. Can I give you a good example of it? Yeah. Falling off a horse. Yeah. Like falling yeah. off a horse in real life is actually sucks, and it's very dangerous. It's super dangerous. Like people, right. like people get like seriously hurt and or die. Yeah. From falling off of horse. Yeah, like break your neck and stuff. Right. In D and D, that's like one d six damage. Yeah. Because right? Not- you shouldn't die by falling off of your horse because that is a stupid way for the story to go. Ah, right? which brings us up, which if we're talking us. about story, <laughs> yes. which brings us up to the other half of the continuum, yes. genre modeling. Yes. So real quick definition, genre modeling, the use of mechanics to support the genre of the game. Um, and my example for this one is um, actually from a game I do remember, Knights Black Agents. You should remember you a, wrote um, for it. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, had a um, skill called preparedness, which basically emulated the idea of anticipating some sort of twist in the plan. And like you didn't actually have to know what the twist in the plan was. Like you just made the check and. And if you made it, then you had the item you needed. Like, of course, I put a rocket launcher in the trunk of the car. I assumed there was going to be a helicopter attack. Right. <laughs> which is great. Right. Which is great because in Knights Black Agents, you are playing like Jason Bourne level, Jason Bourne level um, spies. And so you are expected to be hyper competent. And so, of course, Jason Bourne expects that a helicopter would be trailing him and needs to take it out with a rocket launcher. And that's what that skill does. It emulates that feature of the genre. Yeah, without relying on the players to have to actually be Jason Bourne level spies themselves to try to anticipate that stuff. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Or or the other one that I like is how in a superhero game, like no one is like ever really dead right you i mean you never... can be disintegrated in front of everyone right it's fine it's fine that doesn't necessarily mean that you're dead that's like, right there is definitely like someday someday there will be like the we'll ask Ange back on uh she's a super geek so that we can so that we can have the the phoenix um, version of our uh, yeah, masks right? game, right? Like we gotta have the like return anyway. Yes, because that is so genre based, right? Like it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Anyway, I stole your line. Do you want to do the pros? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> so the pros for this, the pros for this is that um, the mechanics of this game enforce the genre of the game. So if you are hoping to play 
a superheroes game that when you play this and engage these mechanics, that it feels like you're reading a comic book or watching a Marvel movie. And if you're playing Knights Black Agents, that it feels like you are in a Jason Bourne movie, except with bloodsuckers. Vampires. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it means that there are things like, you know, you might be a superhero who can leap from building to building in a single bound, right? Like, and mm -hmm. that should be possible and reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, genre modeling in, puts that in place. And even physics modeling would say that it's perfectly fine to have superhero stuff, just that that leaping would, you know, there's a mathematical formula for figuring out based on how strong somebody is, how far they could leap. Right. But then you would have to, like, be super duper strong, which is, you know, superheroes. But, like, we just don't want to think about that part. I mean, that's, some, some people don't want to. Think I mean, I, I don't I, I personally. There we go. I, I should say that I personally don't care to think about that part because mm -hmm. I care more about the story and the coolness of the story than I care about whether or not my supers character can jump 50 feet or 52 feet, right? Like, I just don't care. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. I'm with you. Right, so the, the con is that it is often less realistic, right? Because genre conventions tend not to be modeled in the real world to begin with. Like, when you watch a TV show, they do what's right for the script in the TV show. They don't calculate it out, you know, to see what they can and can't do. We do that as fans after the fact to justify whatever choices they made. That's like, you know, that's different. But we can do that to our games too, right? But so it, it doesn't, it means that the actions that you take don't necessarily feel like the real world, like falling off a horse is probably not going to kill you unless you're first level. Mm -hmm. So we'll just assume that all people are first level. So based on all of that, um, our personal preferences actually line up. You and I are um, yes. much more into genre than physics. Much more. Which is also, you know, why we play a lot of story games, because we actually play games that really kind of um, tightly drive towards uh, certain genres. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very genre-based, yeah. Want to talk about, uh, do you want to talk about question two? Yeah, sure. So question two came from Kevin, who emailed us asking, how do you handle homages, references, and or pop culture that players might not be familiar with in either one-shots or campaigns? For example, the use of Podcast Alley in the episode of She's a Super Geek, or anytime Phil uses a vintage pop culture reference. I, I, can I just say I'm, I might be taking some umbrage to vintage? No, vintage. I, I don't vintage. I don't think 80s is vintage. I think it's vintage. <laughs> you were born in the 80s. I know. Are you vintage? Yes. Oh. I'm a good vintage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, when we're talking about homages, um there are two types. Do you want to talk about the first type? Yeah, so there's the in-game homage where the homage is to something that exists in the setting slash campaign world, right? So, for example, you're playing Forgotten Realms and your military unit is derived from one of the heroes associated with the media for this setting. So it's like Drizzt's Night Striders, right? So that's an homage. Right, that sounds pretty badass. Right? It does. <laughs> we can leave aside some of the racism issues with Drow, I guess, but... <laughs> 
there's a thing. But so it's an in-game homage that it has an internal meaning to the characters themselves because they're aware of those elements in the setting, right? So it, it makes sense within the game world itself to have that homage. And those are pretty safe. Um, and they can be a nice way to tie um, continuity into the game with, you know, external setting resources and, and, and you know, a lot of the... Um, Settings that right now have like a ton of fiction around them and yada, 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 yada. Yeah, I mean, they're the kind of thing where, you know, you find out like, you know, oh, you're part of the Night Striders. Oh, that, that you know, was founded by Tritz. Like, you know, uh, like, right. you know, and like, oh, cool. Right. right. Like, oh, we know that you are all super good two weapon fighters. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's your thing. <laughs> right. Cool. And get, and get captured a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the tropes that you shouldn't take as like, uh, uh, like a, as an actual like military unit is like, hello, right. let's go get captured by the people yes. we're trying to help. That'll be great. I mean, it's complicated. It's complicated. Those are, it's okay. They're good scenes. Um, so the other type of homage is the out of game homage. Um, mm -hmm. And this is where the homage is to something that doesn't actually exist in the setting material. So for instance, um, this same fantasy military unit that we have for Forgotten Realms, um, you decide to name it the, um, the, 200, the uh, 212th Attack Battalion, which, you know, for those who've watched Clone Wars is an homage to... Clone Wars, but it doesn't have any contextual meaning within the campaign world. So this homage doesn't mean anything to the characters. As far as they know, they belong to the 212th Attack Battalion. Sounds good to them, right? They're serving under, you know, King whomever, Queen whomever. Yeah. Um, but it has a meta level nod to the players, right? So it's kind of like it's an it, it's now an inside joke. Yeah. Um, or an inside nod that's not for the character's benefits. It's strictly for the player benefits, right? So we're moving up a level from character to player. This is definitely what happened in She's a Super Geek, right? With Podcast Alley, like that entire yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, crazily. <laughs> um, and so the main risk here is that that one or more of the players may find the reference jarring and it could break immersion for them. Yeah. And and this happens more likely in serious games. Like if we're playing a serious D D game and I've named, you know, the you know, the Dukes the Dukes soldiers, the two hundred and twelfth attack battalion, and somebody's like, dude, that's Clone Wars, man. Like now it might be ruined for somebody who's like, Oh, I can't now I can't even think that's all I can think of every time I see this. Or we all start making, you know, Cody references or start talking in Australian accents because, you know, somebody made this homage, right? Like, like that's the, like, that's the part where it can break down now in a comedy game. Yeah. Yeah. In a comedy game, this often works fine because comedy often works great when we make meta level jokes. Yeah. Um, because it just makes it more funny for like your players. Right. But you do yeah. have to be aware of the fact that, you know, not everybody will have consumed the same media as you. And it is possible that, you know, someone isn't going to get the joke and everybody else at the table does. I don't think it's usually a really huge deal, but, you know, don't be mean about it. Right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that out-of-game homages are really best used in, in, 
in comedy settings because you you just a lot safer because if you break immersion in a comedy setting it's okay yeah um they're 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 more tricky to do in more serious games and yeah. and if the game is deathly serious Oof. um then then like yeah, that's then, then it's it, really like, frustrating yeah, and when I mean deathly serious, like I mean serious is like you're playing a serious D and D game, and you know don't use a Clone War reference. Deathly serious would be like if you were playing um, Red Carnations on, on a Black Grave, oh, and you used a Clone Wars reference. Right, it would be the, like, what are you doing? Right, like the needle just scratched across the yeah, record. Like, right, like, <laughs> like what part of the French? You know, like what what part of the? Um, oh God, I I forget the name of the the guards, right. but the. But yeah, like you're protecting Paris, right? Oh, we're part of the 212th Attack Battalion. Yeah, no. Like, like no, 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 no. And you're all gonna die, by the way. So no, right? Like, have so, some respect for the history and the gravity of the situation. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing, right? Like, that's the thing with out of game homages. Where in game homages, like they're way safer. Like, you can totally tie. Even in a deathly serious game, you can totally tie an in-game homage because it's a nod to like a previous character, or like a previous character, a previous NPC, something like that. Like it's way yeah. safer. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, homages like use them, um, use them carefully. Stick to um, in-game ones when you're being serious, and out-of-game ones when it's uh, time to be funny. It's cool. just easier to be out of game when you're all kind of light and humorous anyway, because you're just not invested in the same emotional way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, meta, meta level jokes really work in comedy anyway. Breaking yeah. fourth wall. It's one of the it's, reasons why Deadpool is so funny. It is really one of the reasons why Deadpool is so freaking funny. Yep. Right. Deadpool is completely aware of himself. And in fact, actually makes several homage references um, in the original movie. And I'm sure there'll be no doubt in the this week when the new one comes out. I mean, be, in the in the preview, he does the thing where he's like, what is this, a DC? <laughs> what is this, the DC universe? <laughs> Just about like, killed dark, me. Like a DC <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. Like it's, but that, that's um, the meta level, right? Yeah. Right. And we all laugh at that. Um, but in a serious, um, like in a, if that was a serious movie, you'd be like, oh, like, what, what the just hell? happened? Yeah. Yeah. Like just totally broke my immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. if that actually happened in a DC Batman movie, you'd be like, what? <laughs> anyway, good. Moving awesome, right awesome. along. So Moving right along. Our third question for the evening uh, comes to us from Rob Day, who is booed at Booday on Twitter. And he asked, do you still need more quick questions? Because I, I need to know, why did the ditch lilies almost break up? I mean, I think it's great yeah. <laughs> the way Rob phrases it like, as, like like, it only as if it was only one time. Once. Yeah, yeah. And right? like they almost broke up. <laughs> right. I mean, the ditch lilies... The Digitalities have broken up a number of times yeah. and gotten back together. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and there's usually one reason for this. Yeah. 90% of the time, somebody broke up with someone, right? And it was usually Lily breaking up with one of the band members. Uh-huh. Again. Yep. Again. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes those breakups were mild. Yep. Other times, like with uh, Ashley. Yeah, that was not um, mild. Ash, I mean, um, Ashley's not a mild girl. Like, that's just... No, I mean, stuff not, got lit on fire. Yep. Like, Stuff you know. got lit on fire, and 
you know, nobody talked for a little while. Yeah. They broke up. They did. Yeah. So, yeah, the Ditsalilies have actually broken up on, um, I'm pretty sure. So, let's see. Lil, there's Lily, and then there's three other band members. Yeah. So, a minimum of three other times, but it's actually been a few times more. Right. I think it was five or six. Yeah. 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 And it never lasted for very long, but, I mean, this is one of the problematic things about the Ditsalilies. They were very messy when it came to relationships. Extremely messy when they came to relationships. And really what just would happen is, you know, once once Lily broke up with someone, the band would be off for a while again um, until Megan and Lily got back together. And then they would get yeah, the band I, back together. Right? Yeah, Meg, like Megan was kind of the guiding force that kind of always settled Lily out and kind of yeah. pulled everything back pulled everything together. Pulled everything back together, yep. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, musically... Never any problem. The girls have always been on the same page about the music they created. Yep. Political statements in their music, all of that. Yep. Career-wise, I mean, I think, you know, they've never really struggled over over that, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, they, they could have been more popular, but, like, they got where they got, and they didn't have to work with the man, right, to do it. Yeah. So, or, like... Or any, or any men or, to be... Yeah, I mean, straight up <laughs> honest, right? But, so, you know... No, I, I think that they, uh, I, don't, I don't think they were ever displeased with the, you know, how their careers have been going, but the relationships, though. <laughs> <laughs> really a mess. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You know, we got a recommendation from P.K. Sullivan of a game that we missed in our last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it? Yeah, it was the um, Fiasco World Tour playbook. Playset. Oh, so good. Yeah, we really I've good. Played, I've played that, um. I've played that playset before. It has some of my favorite objects in it. Like one of them is a um, Learjet of an African dictator. One of them, one of them is simply, it simply says the pager of doom. Wow. And I think one of them's a trunk full of cocaine, like a car with a trunk is full that, of cocaine. Is it, that's not the one that we played, is it? No, you're referring to uh, Gen Con 20, um, 15, 16. 15 16 16 2016 2016 where you and we played i forget the name of that one that's the one with the has been stars yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's not the world tour because they're has beens yeah oh i think that's true uh, or maybe it was world tour i don't remember i don't know i don't know i it have to go great. back and look it was world great. tours in my world tour is <laughs> always in my uh fiasco kit that's why if i ran it there's a good chance it, that it like, might have actually been that one yeah yeah, there was the there yeah. was the fireproof suit. Was that one of the objects? Because you mean and you mean in ironically the, fire, the fireproof. It was a fire stunt suit. Fireproof was not necessarily a feature. Of I remember suit. I wrote an article about difficult decisions that referred to that game because you put me in the spot there. <laughs> you didn't have to wear that suit. I didn't wear that suit. I just had to let the woman I was in love with wear that suit. <laughs> Yep. So yes. So thank you, PK, for the oh, reference. Um, if other people come up with other Ditch Lily games, um, uh, by all means, let us know. You know, I actually now just thinking about it, Bubble Gum Shoe could have been a young Ditch Lily solving crime. <laughs> like they could, it could be like Scooby Doo. Like they could Scooby-Doo be traveling around like, the country, like solving like mysteries, solving and mysteries, stuff. and playing sh- gigs. Like yeah, yeah, and dating cool. each other in in a mystery bus and dating each other. Yeah. No matter how like, you do there's it, there's got to be the dating. Like, well, yeah, because I think there's a relationship map in the thing, so yes. um, you know, it's perfect, right? <laughs> like, 
I mean, you just have to pick who Lily is dating. Yeah. Right. Like at that's, that yeah. particular time. Exactly. Good. All right. That's our Ditch Lily trivia. And before we wrap the show, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. On the Gnome cast, several gnomes from the Gnome Stew get together to talk about a gaming topic and themselves a bit in an effort to avoid being thrown into the stew and to entertain you. Sometimes I'm on it. Sometimes Phil's on it. When yep. we're on it, it tends to go long. And then poor Rob Abrazado has to edit much more audio. That happens. It's a true fact. That's kind of my brand. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us an email panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Please, please, please send us your topics. Uh, send us the full ones. Send us the questions like uh, Rob and Kevin and Carlos did uh, this evening. We appreciate all queries in all sorts of shapes and sizes. We are uh, very query inclusive. And uh, we'll figure out what to do with them. You send them. We'll figure out if it's a show, if it's a grab bag, whatever. Like, we'll, we, I got it. Like, we'll make sure that happens. So send us your topics. We love answering the questions that you have. It's honestly wickedly fun. And honestly, it's kind of a challenge because I would have never done physics versus genre modeling, but I was happy that we got to talk about it. So right. please, by all means, keep sending in those questions. Um, yes, if you have other Ditch Lily trivia questions to ask us, we are the preeminent experts on all things Ditch Lilies. <laughs> so uh, do that as well. Yeah, always up to answer more Ditch Lilies questions. Yep. What else can people do with our social media information besides send us uh topics well you can send us your table selfies so if you are playing an awesome game with those awesome people whether it's a ditch lilies game or whether you are emulating physics or genre we want to see it and we want to know about it and have that awesome time that you had recorded so you should post it on the social media of your choice with a picture and the hashtag table selfie and we will swing by and like it twitter is the place that we find things most easily but we will do our best to find them wherever you post them if you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please go check out our Patreon campaign. It's patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the campaign get all sorts of awesome stuff. Uh, they get things like the bonus outtakes from the show, mm -hmm. the after show from the Misdirected Mark Network. Mm -hmm. um, Misdirected Mark show. <laughs> Whatever. It's the same thing. Um, the after show. The after show. It's not the same the thing because I'm part of one of them and not part of the other one. Yes. You're part of, yes. Anyway, uh, they get the after show, uh, access to the Slack room for life, uh, random goodies that we hand out, like our top tier patrons all got print and play copies of Whirlwind Millionaire, my latest game. Uh, and we've got some other goodies coming down the pike as we are putting together some other publications. So patrons always get um, things, cool things like that um, as we uh, put them together. And we also like to give shout outs to our patrons. And so we're going to start tonight with Craig, Lord of One Name. Yes, Craig. Thank you, Craig. And Dennis Malloy. Thank you, Dennis. And Nate Brooms. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nate. Say, Senda. If you are already back in the Patreon or unable to back the Patreon, which is always okay, and you needed to do something that made us feel warm and squishy, like a panda with a big thing of bamboo, what is that thing that you can do? 
Well, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts um, or the podcatcher of your choice, although Apple Podcasts is the one that we check, so you should let us know if you leave it somewhere else. It really does help new people find the show, and it really encourages us to keep making it because we like to know that you guys enjoy listening. It does lots of good things for us as creators. So, yeah, leave us a rating or review, and it makes us feel like a warm, gooey rice panda with nori and something tasty maybe on the inside. Say, Senda, show me how you're going to work the ditch lilies into your next game. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? 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 Bloop! That's awesome, except no one hears that. Except when did you click into Let's Jam? So I could have goofed us up terribly. I am not sure. Three, two, one. Let's Jam. Yeah. Okay. Good luck aligning those. That's fine. I said let's jam at the same time that you said let's jam, so all I have to do is align those two let's jams. Okay. The second ones, not the first one that you said when the, the mic. The first one w- that was cut off. Right. The second right, right. one that was whole. Bloop today. But I also, I'm like super far behind you. No, it's okay because you've actually seen it once before. Like I, really I know, but I saw it this. once before 20 years ago when it came out. <laughs> wow. Is there something that's 20 years ago that fits <laughs> in your lifespan? Hey, I am significantly older than 20 years old. Bloop. I mean, listen, you're still <laughs> younger than me, so. Well, I know, but that doesn't take that much. Aw, thanks. <laughs> I am literally that old. Aww. I know you guys were funny the other day. You and D'Amato. Like, D'Amato's like, I'm turning 30. And I'm I know, like, I was like, oh my God. I have seen every Star Wars movie in the theater <laughs> on the weekend they, that it's come out <sighs> since the first one. Yeah, you're old. I was five. <laughs> I mean, but you saw it. Bloop. And a Princess Leia fangirl. Well, yeah. How do you not? (laughs) What's your What's your feeling on the Empire Strikes Back? Um, The scene in the little in the little room when they're fixing the the ship. (laughs) Yep, there you go. It's complicated. (laughs) It is complicated, right? In the eighties, that was less complicated. Today, that scene is like a little more complicated. Complicated. It's beautiful and it's such a like stereotypical love story and I love it and 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 it like informed like a lot of how I felt about like fairy tale love stories and then as and I got older I realized it was kissing. super non-consensual and not a good role model but I still love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, understanding like you know, sometimes we like things that are problematic and that is definitely one of the like yeah. that's some non-consensual kissing going on and Bloop. it works see it works in those in those movies because she really does like him and really isn't admitting it but it like encourages this thing where dudes just think <laughs> that in general and they're like well if i just keep trying harder then she'll like me and it's like 
no, <laughs> that's not actually how the real world works. Yeah, I mean, you actually have to be Han Solo to pull that off. Yes, like, <laughs> you actually do. Is your name yeah. Han Solo? No, don't do that. <laughs> Correct. It doesn't work then. Bloop. That started to happen to my son, but then like, I don't know if his friend... Oh, <laughs> Let me finish yawning instead of just saying words yeah. on a podcast while I'm yawning. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's not do that. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's, a, that's thing. a thing. I'm I'm old. D and D's been around for a while. Um, kids are should be able to play it. About it, yeah, you should be able to play it because it's actually super good for you. Yeah, it's super great for you. I'm a you know, hey, I I mean, Arcadian did his TED talk. I have given um, my talk several times on uh, everything I learned about project management. I learned from from game mastering. Yep, yeah, it's good. That's stuff. a thing. It's definitely a thing. So uh, we're out there. Yep. We're doing it. I know. You want to do a show? Fighting the good fight. I guess we should do a show now. We can do a show. Bloop. I like I like when we just get on and talk. Like I know, <laughs> I know sometimes people are like waiting for the sillies or whatever, but. But like sometimes you just get like a peek into like you know a peek into our lives. Well, for just a I moment. just the stuff that's a peek into our lives a little bit. I tend to dump into the Patreon outtakes. So oh, so the general people. Those don't the general get people the just get the funny parts. Get to know something. Yeah, the about patrons us. get right. get the like the the down and dirty like random details like us talking about a bunch of random stuff for a while. Sure. Bloop. I'm only feeling modestly funny tonight. No, I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. It's like, what's modestly funny? I, I don't, I'm not sure that I understand the Phil, the Phil, the Phil funny scale. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do either. I, I guess, I guess, I guess modestly funny is just innuendo, like not actually. Okay, so really. like normal innuendo. Yeah, like normal people's innuendo, not my kind of innuendo, <laughs> right? Like that's. <laughs> Good, we should start the show. No off-color rope jokes or anything like that. Like, Except now that you brought it up, there will be. So I'm feeling funnier. Like right, we're, right. It's we're, rising. We're, right? we're ratcheting fun- up the scale. <laughs> Phil's funniness is rising. No, that's not good. Um, no, that's that's uh, rising, rising is a big different bad, rising big bad action. Is that what we're going oh, with? Oh yeah, this? that's right. <laughs> Starring Vig Master. It's a new movie coming out. Rising big bad action. Starring Vig Master. Uh, every day is arm day. Listen, How did we get all, here? Listen, Vigmaster uh-huh. is inclusive of everyone. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, it is for everyone. Vigmaster acknowledges, acknowledges the gender is a, is a spectrum. A, a, a com- <laughs> it's a complex spectrum, and Vigmaster just does not care. <laughs> Vigmaster is for everyone. Vigmaster is for um, people alone, yep. uh, people in groups, together, um, <laughs> Really, all Vig cares about is consent, consent. Yep. and safety. Yeah. So uh, wh- wherever wherever you're with Vig, be safe about it. And uh, whenever you're with Vig, if anyone else is around, make sure it's consensual. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> so the show. Oh, you want to do the show the now? Show. I'm up to full funny now. I've reached. Okay. I, I've yeah. I, I've reached full funny, and my coffee is fully kicked in. Okay. Good. Here we go. Okay, ready. Okay. I'm ready. Try to harmonize this cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do it again. <laughs> can't, I don't think I can hold that. That's not good. <laughs> Let alone modulate it in any way. All right. <laughs> That's okay. I, I harmonized with that. We're good. Okay. We're good. Hey. Oh. The part where I'm pausing uh-huh. is to let you pause so I can start the opening. <laughs> Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
It's been something like 107 episodes, oh and this shtick still is funny. Okay. Apparently. Stop fucking yawning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you not drink a tea? Did you drink some sort of like sleepy time comfort tea? I drank honey vanilla chamomile, yes. <laughs> oh, you need to drink like, you need to drink like warp speed, like Earl Grey, like engage uh, tea, not sleepy fun time tea. Sleepy fun time tea? Bloop. Carry on, Phil Vecchione. Don't stop now, you're in the zone. I don't I don't want to go long on this episode. We gotta we're gonna go to closing. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna make rice balls from that rice maker panda shapey thing. Yeah, you're gonna need to explain. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's really good. Thanks, Richard. Well, they are obviously going to be one of the most popular bands in the um post- uh, water apocalypse. Um, so, uh, like, as the hacker is hacking, it's gonna be like the ditch lilies playing in the background. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you, show me what you got. Uh, uh, Bloop. Fifty-one minutes. Fifty-one minutes. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I I gotta say a thing. Can I just say a thing that's really funny? Say a thing that's funny. Okay, so our end notes... It better be funny. <laughs> what if it's not funny? Well, then you asked to say something funny. We have to stay until you're funny. <laughs> oh, n- <laughs> I'm so in the, in the end notes for the show. <laughs> Tell me something funny. I'm telling you something now. funny. I'm working on it. Bloop. I can't keep any of this in the show. You were saying something funny? Yeah, the end notes for the show, damn it. It's funny that we say where to reach us at Pandas Talk Games, but somehow I translate that into on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games and Facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games and the misdirected Mark Google Plus community. It was funnier in my head. I was going to make a joke about it, but then I thought we should just finish the show. <laughs> no, see, then I was like, we should just finish the show, so I'm not going to say anything about I'm it. I'm shaking as, my head as we in doing the thing. disapproval. No, that was <laughs> not funny. Bloop. <laughs> say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.